Welcome to the podcast of Conversations with Friends, heard every week on KAOI Radio in Maui, Hawaii. Good morning. Welcome to Conversations with Friends with Mary Almwake, exploring ways to live our lives more fully in this wonderful world. We welcome your calls and thoughts at 242-7800. Conversations with Friends is brought to you on KAOI by Unity of Maui, where the heart is at home. Now, here's your host, Mary Almwake. Well, almost Mary Almwake. Welcome, Jim. I'm back from India and... Uh Good to be here. It's so great to see you. This is uh, after about six weeks of traveling. Mary has come back to Maui, bringing aloha with her and mm. just beaming. Uh, uh, you flew in Saturday. I came in Saturday night, got home around 10 o'clock. And then, and then you did a little sleeping. And then Sunday, we had the most amazing service. It was our 23rd annual service at the, with Wayne Dyer. Wasn't Wayne amazing? He what was a, what a, he's just been a light shower for many people. And, Part of our generation waking up. Beautiful it, job. I thought it was the best he's ever been, but they say that every year. So. It, it was just incredible. I mean, just to have, you know, the radiance of you having just been with the Dalai Whoa, Lama, which we will talk about on the show. Yes, and and was... then to hear Wayne Dyer share insights from the books that he is writing now and the book that he's going to start. I like how he said, I will finish this book on New Year's Eve, and then uh, on January 1st, I start this next book. So he has a... He's he knows what he's going to do. No, very disciplined. Very he's up at uh, 4 a.m. every day yeah. uh, and does his meditation and doesn't drink and doesn't eat improperly and just has been an instrument. And it's just wonderful to watch him. And what a great, great group of people that came together. Oh, well over 600, but you could feel in the audience the vibration. You know, Maui is uh, just one of the sacred places on the planet. And the people that are blessed to be here, called here, vacation here, live here. Um, carry of a, a beauty and, and a grace. It has to be a grace, it, you know. Is, um, being with the Dalai Lama and being in Dharamsala and Makhlaganj, where his temple is, with about eight thousand Tibetan refugees, in what is just a little mountain was meant to be like a little sleepy town, a, a thousand or yeah. so. But since he's been there, Richard Gere has paved <laughs> the streets and the cars. It's. I was there in nineteen ninety nine, and it was very much a sleepy mountain. Village and with the Dalai Lama's temple was there, and we were there with many, many dignitaries. And uh, there's a place called Norbalinka, which is about a 25 minute drive down the road. But the road we're talking about is a road that a half a car could be on, and two cars go either way. Uh-huh. And it's a straight. So it's a little like the road to Hana, except. Oh uh, no, no, the road to Hana is like a, a <laughs> super highway. Oh, totally. Oh yes, there's no drop off where you're going to die, you know. And there's uh, but you know they drive it so amazingly. And one of the insights somebody named it yesterday, I think it was Deborah Lynn. She's getting married to Jerry Iding. You've heard the big. big wow. This is going to be a big wedding in Maui. Oh, it's it's not quite Phantom, but uh, <laughs> you know that production. And if you yeah. remember, that was as big as Broadway, and it's beautiful. But they have so many people who love them, and they're turning the E.L. Theater into this beautiful sanctuary of love and a mm. commitment to their awakening and their awareness. It's a beautiful thing. I probably shouldn't be talking about a private wedding. But they, <laughs> truly, they truly embody the masculine and the feminine, waking up, coming together to create something even more beautiful, mm. and which is the story of our, of our generation, mm-hmm. the feminine rising, coming into partnership, which is creating these incredible shifts. People don't know which end is up, and that's probably good. <laughs> well, the shift has happened. You were saying that you got an insight yesterday. When you were oh, well, the insight was the incredible acceptance. Um, when I was in this little mountain town with Dalai Lama, you've got dogs barking all night. You've got horns honking all day long. They even say, please honk, because that's the only way you can help each other get around. So it's not like a honk. It's honk, 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 honk. <laughs> but they're telling everybody to get off the road or move. It's all the time. And then you have, um, like, right outside Norbalinka, where it's a wonderful uh, Tibetan retreat where I bumped into Richard Gare. Oh, you don't let me drop names. We, and no. the Dalai Lama, but, <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> and, you, and you said you spent the evening with him. Well, let's say we... Stayed at the we same stayed to- uh, small lodge. <laughs> no, he. he uh, I, I watched him from across the room, and, and I guess it didn't happen for him like it happened for me because he. he know, he's probably going back home in California, saying, "I met the minister of Maui," which we'll talk no, about. No, no, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't, didn't, we didn't, didn't talk. T- oh, didn't no, I just admired just, from afar. Oh. No, 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 I didn't re- interfere on his. What was I going to say? Hi, we're here for the Dalai Lama. And, oh, excuse me. Could I just hang out with you? <laughs> um, 
uh, but um, the thing is, it was a beautiful Norbalinka where they train the artisans so that they don't lose the Tibetan traditions in painting and sculpting mm-hmm. and. Uh, and so, and they also have a school there, and it's just a beautiful temple that was designed by a Japanese architect. It's, it's exquisite. Mm-hmm. Right outside the door, with this exception, is a, a little Hindu temple where they blare the music. God bless them. They have a they have a celebration going on. I haven't been to India one day where some deity was not being celebrated. So the music's every, every going all the time. So, it is, so here you are, the retreat, the dogs barking, <laughs> the horns honking, and everybody just is. You know, nobody's going, oh, i got to accept. I, oh, I have to be patient. They are. They are, Jim. Wow. You know, we can't judge the outside. By so even with all the cacophony of noise, people are going, and they're the just tend- And they're living. not knowing. I mean, every te- Tibetan there, and there's yeah. about 100,000 in exile all over the world, but about 8,000 in Macaw Gange. And, of course, they're there because the Dalai Lama. All of them in India have a one-year pass. And so every year they have to go and renew it. Nobody has any guarantees. So they live with that. You know, impermanence is what they teach. But they live with that with such respect and reverence and kindness and compassion. You know, the Dalai Lama leads a, a beautiful people. You know, I wondered what, what would Hawaii be if it had a Dalai Lama mm. to speak for it? Because they have, you know, very similar situations. You know, an outside country came in and took them over. Wow. Very similar. Well, we, w- we will have a Dalai Lama for at least a couple days next year. A couple year. days, the Dalai, the Dalai Lama's, Lama's coming, coming in. Maui. Bless the Dharma Center. I, I hope you'll, uh, I'm sure you'll be reading the newspapers or paying attention because they will be looking for sponsors. Mm-hmm. It's, gonna, it's a very expensive proposition. And they'll be looking for volunteers. So just if people are listening and they're excited about that, just set your intention. You will learn. I'm sure they'll be advertising. I'm not a spokesperson for them. We're just honored to be included in how we can help. But the Dharma Center uh, is did the work, and they're bringing him, and and they will be asking people to help. So, but it is it's April 23rd, 24th, Mm -hmm. right in there, maybe the middle middle of April. Yeah. Yeah. So get your tickets. uh, Several friends I know have already bought their tickets to come to Maui because it is spring break. Right. Oh, that would be popular. uh, Do you know where he's speaking? Well, they have reserved the entire map. I'm I'm just going to take a stab and say they're going to do it outside. I mean, if they put prints outside, they're going to put the Dalai Uh, Lama. I mean, it's going to be sold out. So I can't even imagine it not being. But I was thinking um, that we have some of the greatest healers, some of the most beautiful souls, some famous like Ram Dass and Mm -hmm. Wayne Dyer. But we have these beautiful healers, Mm -hmm. people who have come here that are, um, in this vibration, who serves selflessly? I just was with one, Dr. Bob, who has an amazing gift, and um, there's so many. So we send blessings to all of you. And if you're here on Maui, wow! You just give yourself a hug and say thank you, thank you. Something called you here. There is something really special about this place. I mean, uh, in my case, of course, I traveled here 72 times over 13 years before yeah, I finally you're moved tough. here. You're People, tough. but you just are drawn. Time. I got off the plane the first time and said, "I'm home." I did feel that. It just took me a while to to, to make <laughs> the whole commitment the, yeah, yeah. To, to, to move over. But it was yeah. uh, it's it is I went such home an amazing and sold special. But I'd already you know set so out. What does it feel like now that you're back? Does it does it? I mean, because you went from a very spiritual place, and, and then you've been a lot of different. Well, places. I did. You know, I started out with the Association of Unity Churches. We took a cruise in Alaska, so almost a thousand Unity people from all over the world on a cruise to Alaska. And my intention, of course, was to see our beautiful humpback whale. And did you? I did see them, Jim. But we really get the best as far as being a human observing them because they're in their feeding season. Mm-hmm. So we went to the glacier; just takes your breath away. Mm-hmm. And we went. And we saw them all, the bald eagle and the brown bear, and the, and we saw the killer whales, the, the, um, which are uh, difficult to find because they move 100, 150 miles a day. Mm-hmm. They don't just hang around like, yeah. But we saw the humpbacks and all they're doing is eating. So you don't see any jumps, you don't <laughs> see any breaches, you don't see any of that fancy stuff we're doing when they drop, you know, yeah. four or five tons, which I guess they do on the trip down. Um, but it was, it was a thrill to see where they were and to bless that area and to, to be there. And I loved it and came back and came home for Father's Day. I was here two days mm-hmm. and, uh, then left on the trek to Dharamsala and had, it was just a God experience. That's all I can say. And, and staying present to the presence. And I, you know, it's just in my, people said, well, what was it? I was it just fully present and carried by the wings of grace all the way. But then as I started to read back my journal, I got hit by a car, my luggage got lost, all the things. But when you're in the presence, that's just 
that just is. Whether it's the Dalai Lama or the Lost Leg, it just is. Mm-hmm. And so coming back, I've n- it's been the most beautiful reentry of my whole entire life. Um, I've only totally lost it on the California freeway. I just went back to sleep. <laughs> I actually thought I could push a freeway jam. Uh, and, and I love it when people here talk about... Uh, traffic jams on Maui. Yeah. Uh, you mean traffic slowed down to 25 miles an hour right, for 10 minutes. Try you know? the 5 or the 10 <laughs> or something like that. It was. And, and I got stuck. We uh, went from there up to the Santa Barbara mm-hmm. where we were in retreat with the Association for Global New Thought. We'll talk about that at the end of the show because uh, we are 10 years old and we are putting on a, a peace event, Jim, with the, the people that started the civil rights movement with uh, Martin Luther King Jr., you know, they're getting old, mm-hmm. the living legends. And so the Gandhi King season for peace and nonviolence is 10 years old, and it's now international. It's, it's so big, big we don't even know. It's gone everywhere. But we're also then going to have the children of Arun Gandhi, the grandchildren, mm-hmm. as, as granddaughter, grandson, and then the Martin Luther King Jr.'s children. Mm-hmm. So there'll be the living legends, the children, and then the great people right now working for peace, forgiveness on the planet. And uh, what we've realized is that it's not a season anymore, 64 days from January 30th <laughs> to April 4th. It, um, we're symbolic of the assassinations of Gandhi and King, but it's a perpetual season now. The work for peace is everybody's, mm-hmm. and we must be the peace. We, we, you know, Gandhi said it, you must be the change, you must be the peace. So each of us has work to do, and that's one of the classes that we're starting next Monday night is Byron Katie's. We're just going to do an introduction for people. Uh, you know, one of the things is you can go online and pick up theworkorg mm-hmm. I'm telling you, just go online and get it. Five but questions that will change four, your life. Four questions and a turnaround. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they will change. And it's just doing it. And she, you know, the Buddha said everything arises from thought. Jesus said it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, to give you consciousness of presence right now, everything. But it's done unto you according to your beliefs, your thoughts. And Byron Katie came up with a very simple system. Um, all suffering is just thoughts that you believed. Mm. I'm unworthy. There's not enough. Life is a struggle. The California freeway shouldn't be jammed. No, if it's jammed, you know, to argue with what is, is insanity. Mm-hmm. So you just, these four questions and the turnaround will just start to show you how you've been programmed and simply start to turn around. You know, the aha, oh, and how we've judged everybody. Jesus said, love everybody and don't judge. You know, that was a simple, that's basically his teaching. But since we will, he gives us forgiveness. And Byron Katie came along and gave us a practical application of it without it, any should. It's an amazing application. It's very easy. And you're going to teach a three-week three yeah. class yeah, on starting yeah. Monday night yeah, yeah. that Love kind of gets come. people interested in, into it. And uh, at 645. And, mm-hmm. uh, but it's really about uh, a very simple system that there's something about when a group comes together. And we're starting a centering prayer class on uh, August 2nd. And uh, that's Wednesday night, mm-hmm. a week from tomorrow. And, you know, if you put those two together, because centering prayer is silence, mm-hmm. but it's silence with the intention of uh, a deep, profound relationship with the divine within you. It's not just to, so you'll relax and so you'll have your blood pressure drop, which is effect of all kinds of meditation. But there's an intention with this. And it's a daily practice of 20 minutes twice a day, which over the years, it be, the Holy Spirit literally becomes the great psychologist. Mm-hmm. It goes down gently and roots up those hidden things that Byron Katie is pointing you. So um, my thought is that those two together, practiced for a year or two, would shift your entire life, save thousands of dollars of therapy, which I have spent, and I believe in it. <laughs> if you're a therapist, I bless every single one of you because I would not be on the planet without mm-hmm. great body workers and great therapists. But everything's speeding up now. It is. We everything a, is the, speeding the up. The time is really fast. And I think speaking of time, we should take a break. But when we come back, let's talk more about your trip. And you have this wonderful story that you don't want to miss about how Mary was <coughs> thought of as the minister of Maui. And the exactly mayor of the mayor Maui. of Maui. Well, they well, didn't know what it was. And it was a great ride until a beautiful <laughs> person from Maui said, she's not the mayor. And. I never said I was. I, I just thought those Tibetan people are the most generous, kind, gracious people that picked me up, rushed me through the airport. All right. Okay, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Conversations with Friends. Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwake is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans-denominational community and invite you to join us in Sunday morning celebration at 10 a.m. at the Maui Tropical Plantation in Waikapu. 
Unity also offers children's church and nursery services. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242-9327. And now, back to Conversations with Friends. We are back on the air. We uh, actually are missing a recording for one of our sponsors. Oh, and Trish Morris and Premier Mortgage. I, I can personally, you know, and I've never done a promo for her, but since there's the opportunity, I want to say there's not a finer person on on Maui. She understands universal principles and puts them to work for you. You've seen her ads. It's like Let Magic Happen mm-hmm. or The Magic. But they've made billions of dollars alone. I have to tell you, when I came here as a single woman and I had sold a couple of houses, been in real estate, but I st- was terrified every time I went for a loan because I never understood how it worked. She just takes your hand, walks you through it, tells you in a minute what she can do and can't do. Totally honest, totally integrous, and makes m- miracles happen. I think they call it magic, but I have to say it's been the most pleasant experience. Uh, so anybody who needs a loan, call Premier Mortgage. I don't have the number, but you can find it, Premier Mortgage. Now, that, how's that for a live commercial? Speaking of um, magic, let's, let's talk a little bit about, well, let's do two things. Let's, as we talk about sponsors, we are always looking for sponsors for this radio We're program. We're open, yes. If you would like to make a difference... Uh, as low as $100 a month for four weeks, 30-second spots, plus we talk about you if you like, if, or you just want to do it as a as a, a gift, um, it's up to you. But, mm-hmm. yeah, call Jim at 242-9327, Jim Jacobson, 242-9327. He'll tell you how, and we can get your ads. This is the first time that's ever happened. We haven't had a professionally prepared ad that just their computer went goofy their, on them. Yeah. God well, bless that them. happens. So, but let's talk of about the magic of you going over there, because we, we we hinted at that a little bit. So basically, they had on this on their dossier that Mary Omwake, a unity minister from Maui. Well, you know, when I, yeah, when I went online, uh, the Choner House, which is part of Norbalinka, it's part of the Dalai Lama Foundation to keep the Tibetan tradition alive. Mm-hmm. They built a guest house for 11 rooms, mm-hmm. all each one very beautiful, painted by um, Tibetan artists. So I was in the wild animal room, which when I, <laughs> someone would like say, I'm room. in the wild animal, a couple <laughs> men jumped out and said, yeah, I'm looking for a wild animal. And I, I said, no, no, it's a room, it's a name. They don't have like room two and room three. It's So there was like the uh, mythical creatures the birds and birds and flowers of Tibet. Some the, murals. They're murals. Yeah. The whole rooms. I mean, just the ba- everything. The the <laughs> the bedspread, the chairs, everything's embroidered. So I had a view, open uh, pine trees looking straight to where the Dalai Lama lives, and uh-huh. then a temple, hear, hearing the chanting in the morning. But when I did my email, you know, it says Mary Omeg uh, occupation. I said Minister of Unity on Maui. Which is absolutely true. That's and, your job. Uh, yeah. And so I didn't even think anything of it. And I got an email back and said, you know, dear friend, we're here to take care of all your needs, which <coughs> is their, that is what they say in their thing, mm-hmm. you know, m- taking care, because that's the Tibetan way. Mm-hmm. They genuinely understand deep service. It's not about, you know, we're going to serve you and you'll come back. They just, that's how they live. Mm-hmm. And of course, that was the teaching. We'll talk about the Dalai Lama's teaching in a minute. So um, they said, don't worry about a thing and please send us your airline flight. We'll pick you up at the Delhi airport. We'll take you to a guest house, a beautiful guest house. It's where the monks stay, but it's gorgeous. Very safe area. The next day, we'll drive you by private car to Dharamsala. With not knowing the currency or the train schedule, it was a gift. Now, mm-hmm. I came back by sleeper train, which I can tell anyone who wants to go to Dharamsala, I'd be happy to give you uh, just how to get there cheap and safe and wonderful. But So they picked, literally, I got off the plane, mm-hmm. and they were there with my name, just, yeah. you know, and put me in a car and drove me to this beautiful air-conditioned place. I slept. We got up. At seven in the morning and took off for Damsala. I was so well rested. It was great. It was a bit of a drive, you know, after a twenty four hour plane ride, then, uh, you know, a 10 hour, 11 hour car ride in a comfortable car, good roads mm-hmm. and all. But a lot. That's a big trek. Mm-hmm. But the Dalai Lama, see, I didn't know when I made my reservations that the Dalai Lama would be teaching because I have to go in the church can create an opening for me to be gone. Mm-hmm. Well, the Dalai Lama, because of the Taiwanese, was teaching for eight days. And they rushed me through. They thought I was there for that. For so when I arrived, they hand carried me through because all the security was done. And they got me my little pass. You had to photograph. We had to go get a passport photograph. And they did all of that for me. And then there was no room anywhere 
So they took me down and they put me at the Normalinka place where I was telling you about where I saw the Dalai Lama in the rain. I saw Richard Gere. There's another uh, beautiful guest house where all the art is done and it's a beautiful place. And they put me there for two days until the lamas came. And the reason there were rooms there is that the 150 top lamas in the world were coming in Mm -hmm. for the initiation of the Karmapa, which I'll talk about in a little bit. So there I am just, you know, going through security, getting put in this beautiful exquisite place where Richard Garrett is put to, mm-hmm. which, as I Does said... Does he have the wild animal room? Or? He, actually, he stays in the mythical creatures room right okay. across from me, is there what I heard. Is. This was in the, up in Dharamsala. <laughs> I'm now down in the lower Dharamsala area for two days. And, uh, and so it was just so wonderful. And they just kept, wherever I needed to go, there was a car there, whatever I needed. And so about, uh, after the teachings, everyone's gone home, um, this woman comes up to me and she says, "Oh, I've heard you're from you're from Maui." And I said, "Yes." And she said, "Well, you know, they've been asking me, have you met the mayor of Maui? Have you met?" <laughs> and she said, "I told him Maui doesn't have a woman mayor. Mayor, I don't know who she is, but she's not the mayor of Maui." And um, I noticed a discernible shift in in the way the management treated me. But as I said on Sunday, because of the relationships, I'd been there three weeks by right. then. Um, I had just built up tremendous, beautiful friendships, and everything then from then on was just opened up, but not from the top, <laughs> but from the people who lived there and worked there. So I didn't really notice it until I looked at uh but, you know, it was just beautiful. They thought minister, minister of like, Maui meant the, well, minis- the mayor of Maui. Like, well, in that culture, of yeah, course. The foreign the minister. The, yeah. yeah, minister of education, minister yeah. of this. I just thought these are the most generous, loving <laughs> um, people. And, and truly, the whole trip was like that. And even even when you do get hit by a car. Even when well, now, what is it? You said this a couple. You actually got hit. I got hit. Yeah, I, mean, I just got my body put back together. But, you know. Um, well, what happened? Uh, well, the roads are very narrow. Right. And cars have the right of way. I was way, I mean, I was on the sidewalk, literally. Yeah. But but the car was turning that was coming up was turning from the car that was coming down. And so he, obviously he must have been looking at the car that was coming down and missed me. And it, it was quite a jolt. Um, fortunately, there was a little pharmacy right across the street, and they ga- actually gave me a couple pain pills just wow. with no doctor. And then a good masseuse came, and then Dr. Bob just put me back together. So That's, so you fell down and... and uh, well, no, I got hit forward. forward. I just went wow. flying. Yeah, I just went flying. But, you know, that's, you know, that... Well, you took that's it in stride right. until you got to California and had to deal with the freeway traffic. Well, I, I blew it on the freeway traffic. I made it okay, but coming home, and, you know, I went to sleep, and... I it would have taken one breath to say, here I am. Yeah. You know, we just are here. Yeah. And so people say, is it different here or there? Yeah, it's different, but we're just here. Yeah. And life is just happening, and um, it, it was just exquisite. Um, I do want to share the Dalai Lama's teachings. Yes, let's talk about that. And that was so fortunate because it was on the Bodhisattva. It was wow. Shanti Diva's uh, the great teaching. It's considered one of the primary teachings of Buddhism and the guide to the way of life of living as a bodhisattva. So the whole thing was about what we're about at Unity, sacred service, Mm -hmm. as an act of devotion to God. And the fine-tuning, when you hear the Dalai Lama say, it's kind of like, okay, all right, this really is. So set set the stage. Is this a big room? Well, the temple, well, the Dalai Lama's temple is really a very simple it, you know, you think temple. They call everything a palace. I mean, if you have a bathroom, they call it a palace. <laughs> so when you hear palace and you think, oh, you know, something in France, yeah. no, it's not Versailles. <laughs> you know, this is a clapboard. But the temple is very sacred, and and the Dalai Lama's order of uh, monks are there. Mm-hmm. They're chanting, they're teaching, and then a very simple hillside. He has a very simple home. Mm-hmm. It would be... Not uh, you, Wailea would top it, but mm-hmm. he has you know gorgeous view over the Congo mm-hmm. Valley, and it's all pine trees and a big. They put a park in on one side and patio on the other because the monks go to class there and they have picnics there. When the Dalai Lama teaches in Dharamsala, and you can go online, go on, look at Dalai Lama schedule, Google it, mm-hmm. or the Tibetan um, government in exile, and then just go in Dalai Lama's schedule, because right now he's in Europe. They'll tell you right where he is. Mm -hmm. He teaches every year in uh, February, March, or April uh, that's free, and people come from all over the world. 
and uh, then he teaches at different times. And this time, the tri- Taiwanese had set this up. Whenever he teaches in Dharamsala, except for security, it's open to everybody. Mm-hmm. So that's why I had to go through and get the passport. I didn't know that because I was really going there to just be in the presence. I'd be. been there in 99. I knew the Dalai Lama was going to be there. Right. I just didn't know he was going to teach. And um, So he sit, does he sit on the... On well, he has like a big, um, you call it a throne. I mean, that's called a... But he's up a, a little state, bit higher. Elevated state. And and then they have a huge temple room. And what happens, and they tell you this right online, is that days before he comes, you go in and people carve out their little spaces. So I was not even close to that. I saw him walk by as he went in. I saw him walk by as he went out. And then I had my little FM radio, which they told me to bring. Okay. And I heard perfect translation. And then I would watch part of the time on the television. Because it, you could watch him on television. Sometimes I'd just go sit to the park. Sometimes I would go. There was a beautiful little restaurant up above. So are these the like temple. jumbotron televisions? They, not jumbotron. I have to say the Pope has. They uh, when you go to Rome, yeah. they've got the biggest, <laughs> bigger than anything you see in a football stadium. No, this was just like maybe not even a fifty-two inch. Okay. It was like a. But they had him around. Around place. Okay. Most people couldn't see him, I and mean, it was just the yeah. fact you can hear him. So he's speaking in. And he speaks in Tibetan mm-hmm. now. He when I've heard him many many times before, and then he's had always had an English translator, and then, mm-hmm. well, this time it was a Taiwanese. Mm-hmm. So the. Second translator was the English, and he wasn't nearly as good as the normal one. Because when the Dalai Lama teaches here, which he will do in September, he'll be in um, L.A. and he'll mm-hmm. be in on the East Coast and in Colorado, I believe. He has a great translator, and he listens. And when the translator doesn't get it right, he stops, <laughs> and then he teaches it in English. Because he knows he, how many languages. Like, I don't know how it's many. A, it's Jim. a handful of languages. But not Taiwanese. He didn't correct the Taiwanese guy. So you would hear people chuckle when the Dalai Lama talked. Yeah. By the time it got to the English translator, the humor was gone because he was just trying to keep <laughs> up with them. Um, so but you hear the tr- FM radio. yeah, but you hear the vibration. Mm-hmm. You got to remember at this level the Dalai Lama because you have the book. Mm-hmm. That's what's great. You have Shanti Dava's book, and he's taking it stanza by stanza by stanza, and then giving his interpretation. And that's how the Buddhists do it. I mean, they really are disciplined. So he reads it, he reads a stanza, read and it, then yeah, he'll read it for a while, and, and, then, and then he'll. This is what it means. Yeah. So it really is. It, it really is a educa- I mean, it's designed it's purely very, as a very, very educational. Now they have at eleven o'clock every day at the Library of Tibetan Works and Archives, a uh, Rinpoche who's been teaching there for. 15, 20 years, and it's packed. There's monks, there's people from all over the world, and the English translator there and the Rinpoche have been together 30 years. Mm. They finish each other's <laughs> jokes. They, they complete each other. Ex- they d- absolutely yeah. do. In fact, it was the most difficult thing because he, uh, the Rinpoche would be talking, but I just waited. And it was so fast. There was no delay. There was no... Because she totally understood the concepts. Mm-hmm. But they teach minute, minute, minute detail. Um... Every little breath, every little stroke is in their teaching, and then they repeat, and then they repeat. And that's the way they reaffirm the nuances. It's a very, uh, very mental, Uh very disciplined. You see the monks in there and the way they do debate. And they're debating the, you debate, it's not like you make up a new debate. You debate as it's taught. So you take both sides from the teaching. You're not thinking creatively. Okay, so that's why the Dalai Lama is very interesting now because he teaches straight. From Buddhism, but if you ask him questions about the world, and you know, he's fascinated by quantum physics, he, you know, we can get together with him with a great quantum physicist. And that's his passion, right? And, and that's and that's kind of what we know about him in the West is that. So, but when he's teaching, it's more of a well, what we call it a fundamentalist Buddhist. Is, no, well, uh, so, he's I mean, the Dalai a, Lama. What's right, he going to so do? Let's, let me just download Jesus for yeah. you. But um, what he'll say is, um, you ask him a profound question, and I've heard him say this more than once. Um, as a Buddhist, this is how I will answer this. From my experience. This may be another possibility. He's very humble, yeah, as, and very open-minded, and and as all. But he is the emanation of friendship and compassion that you can't miss. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can be in a car and you can feel it. He can move anywhere on the planet. I mean, I consider him a treasure. Him and Nelson Mandela and. Uh, your Tutu, friend Desmond, Desmond Tutu, Tutu you know, Mother Teresa's past, but we've had to be in their presence. They, you feel it. It's just it's, it's a lightness. A vibration. It doesn't matter what they're, if they're dri- riding in a car yeah. or speaking before thousands of people. 
That and, is. and he's the reincarnation they teach, and you can believe this or not, of compassion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've always struggled with Avalokiteshvara, which is in Sanskrit, the god of compassion. Mm-hmm. But in Tibetan, it's Chenrisi. So I now call him Chenrisi. <laughs> the god of compassion. <laughs> but his his teaching, Jim, was most profound. And it, it, it reminds us in this now moment, we are present to whoever is there mm-hmm. without any attachment we give. And there's a line where the Buddha says, uh, if you knew what I knew, you would not eat supper without giving part of it away. Mm. You know, and Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you. The nature of the universe is generosity. You know, John three sixteen, for God so loved, God gave. And that's as we move more and more into our essence, we give, not so we can get. We, it, we can't help but give. Mm-hmm. And of course, that sets the dynamic up. Because mm-hmm. you can't give without receiving their one breath. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a purity when he teaches it. You know, there's a, a deep, profound awareness that all service, and I like this, I'm going to share this. Uh, we start our Love in Action program August 6th, and we focus on importance of purpose, passion, and gifts, and mm-hmm. sacred service as a path to God. And one of the things he said is as we serve each other, we serve skillfully. I thought, wow. I mean, so when you're giving, you're training your mind to be skillful mm-hmm. so that you can effectively give, which is why you seek enlightenment first, lovingly and with no attachment, selflessly, with no attachment to the fruit. In fact, you you give up all the fruit. You give it back to humanity or back to God or however, and that keeps the cycle pure. But he, um, there was just something that was so profound because it was a question he started out the teachings with. He said, the big argument is, should I seek wisdom first? our compassion first. And in Buddhism, people have taken both sides. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he's the embodiment of compassion. He said, and I thought this was very profound because the founder of Unity, Myrtle Filmer, said, love without wisdom is like a ship without a rudder. That to be loving, you can really screw things up if you don't have wisdom to guide you. So his Uh, answer was? His answer was, I think, and he's so humble when he says, I think wisdom first so you can be skillful in your loving. But he wow. says, you need to know many other wise and good people have thought it's more important loving first. But they both need to be developed. So enlightenment for the purpose of being a pr- loving presence. That He said there's those who seek enlightenment just for themselves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's an, a path. But what I teach is you seek enlightenment so you can be really helpful. How do you think he would define wisdom? Light, clear light, so you see pure reason. You see, you see the wisdom. Mm-hmm. You see how your gift will impact. So that, say you're hungry, and I maybe give you ten dollars, and that seems, from my standpoint, a really good thing. Mm-hmm. But after a week or two weeks, that money's gone. Mm-hmm. In India, maybe a month. <laughs> you you know you could li- you could right. easily live up for ten dollars a month in India, but but it's gone. And if that took you away from seeking meaningful work or developing a different integrity or a skill, you might see that just handing someone that was not the highest. Perhaps you could have so the taken them in and taught them to have a job or, or given them a skill. Or So he just said it's, you, just, you have to – the most important thing is your, what was your motivation? Mm-hmm. For, was my motivation when I gave them the $10 just to get rid of them mm-hmm. or for me to feel, feel superior? Mm-hmm. Or did I genuinely look in his eyes and see a soul, mm-hmm. myself? Did I genuinely see myself? And from there, did I give the best I had? So you see, when you do that, now you're at the level of enlightenment and being helpful. So it was it was wonderful for me. And I have to say, I wrote resignation letters a dozen times because <laughs> I thought, who am I to be? <laughs> yeah. So thank God that we do declare that everyone at Unity is a minister, and I just have the privilege of being in a position that, you know, somehow sets direction from time to time. But, um, yes, it's very humbling when you're in the presence of that. Think, oh, yeah, maybe I should be the mayor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are are brimming with light, and it's just a fascinating conversation. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, let's talk a little bit about the Karmapa. And yes. what that means, yeah. and uh, yeah, and, yeah. All that. and the Dalai Lama coming to Maui. Yeah. I just think that's uh, for the consciousness of people here, and for the Dharma Center, we want to send them lots of love and appreciation because, and for everybody who worked on it, I think there's some people who worked really 
the Rinpoche here went and made the arrangements, and I would share his name if I could remember it, but but you do deserve um, our uh, heartfelt thank you because it's going to be a great time for me. I, I canceled everything. I mean, I just looked at our church calendar and cleared everything. We can't clear Easter because <laughs> we have to do that, and yes. we will. But <laughs> We'll be right back. Conversations with Friends with Mary Omwake is a presentation of Unity on Maui. We are a trans-denominational community and invite you to join us in Sunday morning celebration at 10 a.m. at the Maui Tropical Plantation in Waikapu. Unity also offers children's church and nursery services. If you'd like to join our families of sponsors on Conversations with Friends, please call us at Unity at 242-9327. And now, back to Conversations with Friends. And what a great, it's so good to be back, Jim. I, I woke up, this was my third morning home. Mm-hmm. And of course, the first time I woke up, it was to go to Wayne Dyer's, and I was really disoriented. <laughs> my big thing was to find something that was ironed. <laughs> and uh, so I did. It turned out to be just the right, <laughs> just the right thing when they brought my lay. I thought, whoa! It was yeah. the only thing that was ironed. They said, "How did you know?" I said, "Well, it's the only thing that was ironed in my closet." And so it looked great. But um, so uh, with the Dalai Lama, you know, teaching that was one huge thing, mm-hmm. and that's why the town was packed. And that was going for hour, hours a day. Oh no, it's from about about. And I mean about, talk about Maui around. Maui well, they're <laughs> on it too. But when the Dalai Lama walks in, it starts. And when the Dalai Lama walks out, it's over. Mm-hmm. And he lives, you know, it's just right down. He lives right through the park. So yeah. it's a simple two-minute walk. Mm-hmm. But, of course, they, he walks in quite often. And the, the magic is when you're late and you forget your camera or something, you can't take it in, so you have to take your camera back. Yeah. And so you come in late and you're rushing, and, and the Dalai Lama just happens to be walking by. And you realize, had you not had to go back? And that's, that's where you know it's the now moment because almost daily, I got to see him pass one way or the other. It just Now, you know, when we worked with the Dalai Lama in the synthesis dialogues three times, twice in Italy and once there in Dharamsala, I sit with him as close as I sit to you. Mm-hmm. And I've actually talked to him as intimate, although he talks instead of me. <laughs> but I, we talked about, I asked him, point out, would he come back as a woman? Yeah. And he gave me the most beautiful answer. And then, of course, I said, well, we have to do something about the colors then because that orange just doesn't go <laughs> But, you know, and we'd like something on the mollusk, maybe some <laughs> beads. And, uh, and so he took, I had this beautiful hot pink scarf with gold on it. Yeah. And he literally took it and did like he does with the white. And he, he took it, it. Yeah. and he blessed it and he put it on me. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a God moment. But I've had the privilege of having lunch with him, to sit with him, to sit in a, a group of 15 and 100 mm-hmm. and hear him for like five days at a time mm-hmm. for so that's three times mm-hmm. and then many other times just to be just because of being with the association of global new thought having those opportunities so i was not able to see him or hear him and there wasn't a thought that it should be different mm. i was so grateful and there were people there who have traveled to dharmsala dozens of times that have never gotten closer than we did mm-hmm. and i wanted for every one of them to have what i had so i people say oh weren't you disappointed i said not at all i have been more than blessed if i die today um more than blessed i mean mm-hmm. when you uh, to have that opportunity right uh, that i've had to look just, into his eyes and to see uh, that smile and that chuckle and, and he laughs whenever he sees me like man are you really blowing it this time <laughs> 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 but he, he loves everybody so you just you just feel great in his presence now what was also going on th- when you look at his schedule he was 71 years old it was his birthday on july 6th so big i have to tell you jim i was sitting up because i could hear that you can hear the monks chanting mm-hmm. well they started out with this i thought it was honestly a junior high school band and i thought they're the <laughs> cutest because i the tibetan children's village is there we've really been a big part of that 15 years ago 10 years ago i know a lot of people in maui really instrumental in supporting tibetan orphans and all i got a fabulous children's village with over a thousand kids mm. most of them orphans or parents still in tibet but they send their kids out they mm-hmm. want they you know they don't feel the safety mm-hmm. and they want them in the presence of dalai lama educated so it's a beautiful, I honestly thought these kids will be great with a couple more years practice. And it was the, it was the, the llamas <laughs> do, using, you know, their clangs and their horns. Yeah. But honest to God, Jim, I thought it was a junior high school band. Wow. But that just shows you, humble me, Lord, keep quickly. But it was. Was there his, cake and ice cream? Or? Well, everybody in Dharamsala was there. Yeah. Except the Dalai Lama. He used to come, they said, but it's gotten so big. There's no way to do security. Uh, I mean, for the teachings, it was packed. Yeah. 
But I got there at 9 in the morning because I just walked down. Mm -hmm. And I was so far back. I was back at the gate. So there wasn't – I couldn't see anything. Mm -hmm. They started out giving awards for everybody who's done anything good. And they they had a rock band, Jim, that's really good. (laughs) And so they'd be doing this kind of moody blues, really good harmony, really good stuff. Tibetan? Are these these llamas doing it? No, they weren't llamas. They were Tibetan. (laughs) You know, the kids are great. The kids because, you know, they have the the youthful zeal, but they've been raised in a culture of respect and and they're 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 beautiful souls mm-hmm. so they'd be doing this rock and roll and you're kind of like, wow that's interesting and then all of a sudden you'd hear like long live the dalai lama or you know <laughs> just oh oh right in the middle of you know it'd be like mick jagger stopping and saying long live you know the pope or something it was just yeah. um it, but it was very reverent it was just a great day though everybody can, and you saw the tibetans when they wore their silk outfits and this was the, they love their dalai lama and yeah. they're poor you work um, and this is a good job, six days a week, 10 hours a day for $11 a week. Mm. That's a good job, a wow. good job. So uh, it was, uh, you know, for anyone who likes to do good with their money, it, it was amazing. It was you a could, long way. You could there. actually make significant differences in people's lives mm-hmm. in a way that here it wouldn't even be lunch. Mm-hmm. So it, it was uh, amazing. But, but. They're not struggling in um, the way that we see people that have a lot of money here mm-hmm. struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, one, everything they know is impermanent. You are you're on earth to do your very best. Mm-hmm. You're always to do. You know, kindness is a way of life. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't think it surprised me so much as the way I was treated. It wasn't just that they thought I was a mayor. I my my thought is they probably teach ev- treat everybody treat about like that. that. It's just when that woman beautiful, she's great. I'm not going to use her name because she's well known here. <laughs> she's not the mayor. <laughs> oh, I never, didn't think I was. Um, so so anyway, the Karmapa. The Karmapa. Me, we have you have this photograph here. I have a photograph here of a 21 year old young man, and when the 150 lamas came in, it was on June 25th couple days after I got there, while the Dalai Lama was teaching, it was his 21st birthday. Mm-hmm. Now, for those who follow the Tibetan tradition, usually the Dalai Lama is born, and the Pachalama is the major part of identifying who he is when he's reborn. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Chinese, three days after the Dalai Lama identified this six-year-old, I think it was... He's 16 now, so eight, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Three days or four days after the Dalai Lama named the new Pachan Lama, because now the Dalai Lama is mature and the Pachan Lama is reborn, mm-hmm. the Chinese nabbed him, took his family, and uh, down the road brought a new kid on and said, here's the real Pachan Lama. <laughs> and the Dalai Lama said, no, no, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, lots of prayers. I have a beautiful picture of him. He's just the most charming baby. You know, mm-hmm. he's six when they took the photo because mm-hmm. no one's seen him. And the thought is he's still alive. I and mean, the family, there's just that th- thought he's alive being raised by the Chinese. So uh, there's many lamas, many Rinpoches, which means blessed one, maybe tolkas, which means ones who are reincarnated souls who have recognized, like the Dalai Lama is the reincarnation of infinite compassion, mm-hmm. oceans of compassion. But the Karmapa is the head of a lineage, mm-hmm. a smaller lineage, and his um, monastery is in Tibet. His lineage is there. And the Chinese let him, he was identified as the Karmapa, mm-hmm. which is like, it's a title, uh, when he was a baby, mm-hmm. a young toddler, which is the normal process. And they let him stay in there thinking, that's great. He'll be, you know, there's only a few monasteries that are still functioning there. They've in taken China. him over as tur. They've either destroyed him or turned him into tourist things, but they're not real Buddhist monasteries mm-hmm. anymore. But they let him uh, grow up, and, and the thought being, I imagine, that they would raise him, and then he would be pro-Chinese, or at least, well, at 15, this little Karmapa did the same thing. He trekked <laughs> out across the Himalayas. I mean, the stories, they frostbite. Um, oh. The deaths, the ones who get caught, spend a lot of time in prison. I mean, it's not pretty. Yeah. But he snuck out, and he's been with the Dalai Lama for six years. And so this is lots of publicity uh, preparing him, because if the Pancha Lama doesn't come back, mm-hmm. who will carry on the lineage until the That's Dalai Lama? Lama? And he's 71 now. So right. there's succession. So there was a lot of energy around him, and I did go and do the ceremony with him. And I just would ask for prayers, of course, for all people. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be 21 and know that in some short period of time you're going to step into the Dalai Lama's shoes, in a sense, with the world watching. Boy, I hope this. That's a lot I hope of pressure on a 21 is, and year old. They're being prepared. I mean, the Dalai Lama was 15 when the Chinese invaded yeah. Tibet. 
So, you know, but he didn't have the cameras of the world glaring on him. But there, there, you know, I mean, this is presence and impermanence. And, you know, one of the things the Dalai Lama says is if, if it hadn't happened, we would still be in the Himalayas. And, mm-hmm. but they, there was a prophecy that there would come when the iron in, when the iron horse, I think, uh, when the iron horse came, which is the train, mm-hmm. then the Tibet would be open to the world, mm-hmm. and there'd be this, this overtake, and, but then the teachings of Tibet, which I think are some of the highest, mm-hmm. because for me, the Dalai Lama uh, embodies what Jesus taught, mm-hmm. loving kindness, turning the other cheek. I mean, you'll never hear him say an unkind thing about the Chinese, and they killed no. one-sixth of his people. Mm-hmm. I mean, think how we reacted with the World Trade Center, mm-hmm. which was a horrible thing, but they killed one-sixth of his people, destroyed 98% of the monasteries, Mm -hmm. Um, and yet he still will go to the soul of the Chinese and not hurt them. I I remember him on Larry King a few years ago, and Larry King asked him, well, will you go back to China? And he paused for a moment and said, I don't think so. And that and that was it. But you could see there was love in his voice, and there was just a, mm-hmm. I don't think so, and, and then kind of move on. That, we go back. Oh, yeah. Well, the Chinese we now back. are saying that he's the evil one who's distorting going around the world. But mm-hmm. the uh, Chinese, China, and we know that they're evolving. They've got a really bad human rights record. Mm-hmm. I mean, not it's, so not, it's, yeah. it's not propaganda. They're, they're thousands pretty, of uh, years. Yeah. yeah. And of course, not so good in the Middle East. And I have to say, the United States, did you just, I just read that. They're uh, asking for the National Guard to patrol the cities of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. The violence, they've had 380 shootings in a year. Well, let, let, that's a good transition Whoa. point. Let's, so let's get to what's China. happening in the world today um, and, and you know what's happening in the Middle East and mm. all this stuff was and what happening. Can we, what, anyone who's intentional. One is uh, the training to, uh, Ram Dass says it beautifully, um, you don't have to like the incarnation, but you must love the soul mm-hmm. and and see the beauty in every soul. This is tough work. This is not easy work. This is much as Martin Luther King Jr. said, it's much more difficult to practice nonviolence in the face of uh, what we see. Much more difficult than just go along. And, and the great example Wayne Dyer did, I, I, was, I thought his that, was the finest for all of you listening. That was incredible. For me, it was like, yes, I've never heard it put so succinctly. When we think about terrorism, we think about how difficult the problems are. He used the example of dandelions, which so interesting mm-hmm. enough, I'd just been talking to my mother the day before she has dementia, and I was reminding her, we got uh, a penny for every 10 dandelions that we were we had to dig up and get the roots. Right. But if you didn't have the roots, it didn't count. It would, yeah. So so my mother was on to something. Now here Wayne comes on Sunday, and he says, you know, responding with violence is like when that dandelion grows up and you see those little puffy things. Those little cotton you, balls, yeah. Yeah, you go into the shed and you get a shovel. And I thought he was going to say, dig up the whole yard. Right. And he says, and then you just take that shovel and you pound the crap out of that <laughs> thing. You just pound and pound and pound. Of course, all of them are going. Right. You know, you can just see visually. And I thought, well, that's what they're telling us is happening with the terrorists. We yeah. go and we bomb them. We, yeah. All right, we did that. And then how many terrorists were born yeah. with that? Just and so, so with sowing the seeds yeah. and dandelions. And, 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 and you come out in the spring and then your lawn is covered yes. with dandelions. Another thing that Wayne said that I thought was so cool was when we were talking about political leaders and he was saying, don't focus on the political leaders. No. It's, it's no. like the Renaissance. And, yes. the, and We don't remember the political yes. leaders of the Renaissance, yes. but we remember the the artisans, the and that's who, the what I agree. And that's where you know the Association of Global New Thought, as we're at the Department for Peace, and mm-hmm. a lot of energy about putting a cabinet level position mm-hmm. on the president's cabinets that would work for peace, mm-hmm. and and spend the same energy this for peace as we do to prevent war. Mm-hmm. I mean, to do war. Well, the Association for Global New Thought ten years ago um, convened what was phenomenal. We had no idea. The uh, Gandhi King season for peace and nonviolence was for 64 days, committed to teaching ahimsa, nonviolent, uh, and and so it just took off. Mm-hmm. It went global. No one expected it. If you can go on and Google it, there were 400,000 pages a year ago. I mean, it's just exponential because and people send in their programs, their ideas. Everything's just like a grassroots educational movement. Well. It really became clear to us, and, and Arun Gandhi, who was one of the spearheads for the first ten years, uh, his father, grandfather, he said, "We really need this September 11th thing has turned 
uh, instead of going for forgiveness and reconciliation and finding what are the roots of terrorism and, and working actively mm-hmm. to um, eradicate that, mm-hmm. it's just turned into a nightmare of an ongoing, now they're talking about World War Three. Hello, mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody pause, take a deep breath. Um, September 11th of this year is the 100th anniversary of my, um Mahatma Gandhi, actually, was Mohandas at the time, Gandhi's first newspaper for nonviolence in South Africa. So September 11th was the date of the first publication. In South 100 Africa? 100 years ago. Yes, he did his preliminary work. He got thrown off the train in South Africa. That's where he came into his voice and his work. He was a an Oxford-trained attorney mm-hmm. and went there and got thrown off the first-class train yeah. because he was a man of color. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and so uh, he, you know, had to come to himself, found that, that wisdom, the truth. He said, the voice for truth. I believe in it more than anything I've ever heard. Satyagraha, of course, is nonviolence, the practice of that. And that's the newspaper. It's 100 years old. His granddaughter, Ella, who will be with us in April, will tell you more about that. Um, and Arun will be there, too, the grandson with us uh, on the mainland. But uh, we're going to launch 11 days of forgiveness, a mm. season of forgiveness, a part of it. and it's Coinciding just during the September 11th. Yes, from September 11th through September 21st. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the 11, why that came up mm-hmm. again, but 11 days to focus on the deep work of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Because Gandhi said, we can't have peace until we end the war within ourselves. And it mm-hmm. goes back to the class what we're going to teach Monday night. With Byron Katie says, the first act of war is defensiveness. Say that again, because that's the so powerful. The first act of war is defensiveness. So, so if someone comes to me and says, I didn't like your talk Sunday, and I go, well, yeah, 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 inside. I don't have to say it outside. Right. You know, I'm smart enough <laughs> not to do that. But the minute I defend myself, I've started a war. Instead of saying, thank you, is there something I can learn from it? Right. You know, if we really are truth seekers and, and we've hurt someone, or we want to, you know, tell us. And, and genuinely, I'm sorry, I apologize, whatever. You know, but when I get defensive, I've started a war. And we do it inside ourselves all the time. We fight how we look, how we feel. We should be different. We should have done it differently. Then we project that out when it's too painful. We project it out on somebody. You should have done it differently. I was on the freeway. Hey, you guys ought to be going faster. <laughs> well, how would they be going faster? I mean, the car in front of them is not going faster. But, you know, it's not reasonable. It's so it's powerful. Just... And you know, when you recognize it all begins at home, literally within ourselves. And as yeah. you say, you notice that little bit of defensiveness about anything. You pause. And, you're, and yeah. then you pause. You catch it because you're beginning a war. And if we want peace in the Middle East, we got to have peace right inside of ourselves. Right. And so we just want to thank you all for listening today. I, I, thanks, Jim, for asking me. I guess I just chattered on. but This has been fascinating. People have said, what went on? I said, well, it was so present. I hadn't even started to sort yeah. it out. So thank you for starting the process. You're welcome. And be sure to, if you'd like to hear a recording of this show, go to our website, conversationswithfriends.com, and also get the podcast so you can listen to this because it's very Filled with insights. And we have Wayne Dyer's uh, CDs and DVDs. Sunday morning, come to Unity Church at uh, 10 o'clock at the Maui Tropical Plantation. Very, very much looking forward to being back and uh, being a part of our great community of love. If you uh, would love a community, um, we're not a dogma. We're transdenominational. We believe in the divine presence, infinite wisdom, the goodness of all people, and that we're here to bring heaven to earth now we'll see you next we'll see you next tuesday here on this radio show we'll hear you next tuesday we'll see you you sunday Sunday. how's that jim thanks good to see you aloha